What are the problems with John C. Maxwell's teaching? What are some better devotionals that talk about Christian leadership? And do you have to be baptized by a pastor? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study in the Word of God. For he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it on the day of Christ. Let your friends know about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. Guess what? What? We have hit two million downloads of the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Two million. You guys are awesome. That is two million times the World Wide Web has heard you say when we understand the text. And they like to listen to you for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> hey, I don't get it either, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. We sure appreciate it, and thanks so much for uh, telling somebody else yes, about... thank you. Yeah, about what? We've never invested any money in... Um, Advertising? Yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. So it's just by word of mouth, mm-hmm. and you've let folks know about it, and that's brought people here, and... We continue to get listeners and emails from people all over the world. Yeah, it's awesome. I and, love it. And so on Friday, we answer questions from the listeners, and you can send those questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Before getting to our first question, Parkland yes. RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, have now announced charges against Grace Life Church in mm. Parkland County. Under the Public Health Act, last week on March the 4th, the legal counsel for Grace Life Church was served with a summons to attend Stony Plain uh, Provincial Court on May 5th, 2021. Mm. Lots of regional government language that we don't use in the United States. So this is all in Canada. Grace Life Church was charged as an entity for exceeding the 15% allowable capacity for the services held on February 21st and 28th, contrary to Section 73-1 of the Public Health Act. The Parkland RCMP supported the AHS investigation at Grace Life Church this past Sunday. The church was non-compliant with the public health order in that it was over the allowed capacity. The RCMP members were present for public safety and to support AHS and did not go inside the church. Investigation continues into the church by AHS and supported by the Parkland RCMP. These charges are now before the court and further comments will not be available. This is the same church, of course, that James Coates was pastor of. Yeah, he he is is. currently in jail. Yeah, still currently pastor of (laughs) of this church. He's just in jail. Right. For uh, preaching and, uh, and bringing his church in when... The, the rules are that you cannot have over 15% capacity. Mm. Two sexual offenders have yeah. been released from the jail where he's being held, but he's still in jail until May. I don't get it. Um, I thought it was uh, a recommendation. I didn't think it was a l- law, like they passed it as law. That's what it was 15%. supposed to be. I know. I mean, anywhere it's supposed to be that way. Right. It was like, and they also have the the um, protection of freedom of religion, too. Right. So I don't understand. I, I It just it feels like it's all wrong. Like it's all wrong. 
Well, you know, I, I mean, any any sort of written documentation, it's almost like it's pointless now. As soon yeah. as you have some sort of threat of a disease, we can throw all that out the window and do whatever it is that we want. No joke. So we need to pray for uh, continued steadfastness for Grace Life Church. And mm-hmm. thank you for being a witness to the whole Western world yes. with what has been going on with your church. And we pray for James Coates as well. And his, his family. Yeah. His wife, Erin, was on uh, Tucker Carlson last night. Oh, right. On yeah. Fox News. So it's great that they're able to get this coverage and the gospel is being proclaimed. But, of course, mm-hmm. we want James Coates out of jail. Yeah, because our, I mean, even Canada laws, Canadian laws protect him. Should be. So, yeah, this it just doesn't make sense. We get to our first question here today. It's from yeah. Stephen in Paris, Texas. Awesome. Not he, far from us. Not far away. And we've been there. We've seen yes. the uh, the Eiffel Tower with the cowboy, cowboy hat. hat. Yeah. Yes. Dear Pastor Gabe and Becky, I just want to let you know that I love the daily readings and expository teachings through God's Word. It is such a great delight to hear God's Word preached in such a way that convicts, inspires, and pushes me to stay focused on what... And more importantly, who it is we serve. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. My question, and more importantly, I guess, concern, is that at my job site, we go through a daily devotion every morning before work begins. I have no qualms with that part, but it is on the devotional that we're going through. We are using John C. Maxwell's Leadership Promises for Every Day Daily Devotion. I'm sorry, Stephen. Upon my research of Mr. Maxwell, Dr. Maxwell, actually, Mm. uh, he goes by that. He says, I've found some disturbing things, and I was wondering if you might have any input or info on him yourself. And if my findings are correct, what would be the best course of action to bring this to my employer's attention and set things straight? What daily devotional besides yours, of course, would you recommend Mm. so that I could make sure we are doing biblical leadership is what they are more focused on devotions i truly need help thank you for all you do in this ministry keep up the great work and god bless well i don't think i've ever done really like a a a response to john maxwell's teaching john calvin maxwell his middle name is calvin all right i don't think he wants to use that but uh hence he says c yeah hence why (laughs) hence why he puts the c in there it's john calvin maxwell that really is his name Mm -hmm. uh but anyway i've not ever done like a long response to some of maxwell's teaching so i'll do a little bit of that here just confirming probably some of the things that you've already looked up Stephen. and then i have some recommendations for you here at uh at the very end so first of all What is the problem with John Maxwell's teaching? Well, it really is the epitome of taking scripture totally out of context Ah. and making them little platitudes and stuff that would be encouraging and lighthearted. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you throw it on your little happy verse calendar. What's my happy verse for the day? (laughs) Where they often use like quotes from the devil instead of quotes from Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) All this will be yours if you bow down and worship me. Yes. Uh, That's the devil that said that. So (laughs) mistakes happen when you're just Googling. Yeah, right. So, yeah, John, that's the kind of stuff that John Maxwell does. Sorry, I find that a little bit funny, but I'm I'm sure whenever you're actually serious about it and you're going through it, that it's like astounding that that actually happened. So, (laughs) well, you'll be astounded at the way that he takes some of these passages. Oh, boy. I've got some examples here, and this is from two of his books, The Indisputable Laws of Teamwork and The Winning Attitude. 
So in uh, in one of the devotionals, he's got Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. Is that what that verse says? Mm-mm. A lot of these guys, Joyce Meyer included, they like to use the King James because it just contains language we don't really use regularly anymore. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and so it's easier to kind of take stuff out of context and make it mean what you want it to mean. Oh, yeah. So this passage, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, this is an often misused passage, especially by those name it and claim it sorts mm-hmm. of people. Uh, here's what it actually says, and I'm reading from the ESV. Here's the whole verse. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Dun, 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 well, that dun, says dun. that says something completely different than just <laughs> yeah. Without vision, people perish. That that also happens <laughs> on those like little cards, you know, that you can color and whatnot. Yeah, like that happens a oh, lot. Oh, the little coloring. Yeah, like even the little uh, verse coloring books that yes, they'll have and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, it happens a lot. So if you actually <laughs> look up the verses, it explains just. Just looking up that one verse. Yeah, just that one verse. You read the whole verse. Yeah. Says something different than just where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. So you can probably guess where John Maxwell takes this. Yeah. So you just have to have a vision. You have a vision if, board. If you don't have a goal, then you're going to perish. But what that verse is actually saying is that you need to know the word of God mm. and obey it. Right. <laughs> just like what James says in James chapter one, don't just be hearers of the word and Walk away from it and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Right. That's not the lesson that you hear from John Maxwell. It's always very lighthearted sort of stuff. He doesn't talk about the cross, never confronts sin, mm-hmm. doesn't talk about the sovereignty of God. It's all just taking a bunch of verses out of context. And by lighthearted, you mean like feel good, like it just warm yeah. and fuzzy. Oh, yeah. Just the yeah, just to give you the feels. Lighthearted, I can, I mean, I can say a verse and be lighthearted. Oh, sure. You know, like, right. ha ha. Definitely. You know, that sort of thing. But, you can say John 3.16 and be lighthearted about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you mean like warm and fuzzy. Like, they're <laughs> they're going after the fields. Yeah, exactly. Purposefully. That's what he's doing. Uh, then he makes a reference to John 2. This is in the winning attitude. Jesus turning the water into wine mm. at the wedding feast at Cana. Now, John Maxwell takes this as a lesson on good leadership. Okay. Because Jesus, he had a plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Jesus's mother said, do whatever he tells you to do. Mm-hmm. And so you got to have a leader. You got to have a plan. You got to have people who are willing to follow. Right. Okay. And then you can turn water into wine, I guess. That's <laughs> Miracles happen. Right. Miracles happen when you, <laughs> when you have a leader and when you've got people following the leader. Right. You know, nothing about the fact that this miracle was showing that jesus is the son of god right <laughs> the first of his miracles uh first samuel 17 this is another one from the winning attitude do you remember what story is in first samuel 17 david and goliath oh yeah okay so you got goliath coming up against the israelites and maxwell says the soldiers all thought he's so big we can never kill him david looked at the same giant and thought he's so big i can't miss no <laughs> So this is a Everybody story. Everybody takes David and Goliath a different route. It, coloring <laughs> books. I, I'm sorry. I'm with kids all day. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you keep going tell. back to the coloring I books. I do. I do. Coloring <laughs> is very important in our, day. <laughs> in our uh, daily schedule. Anyway, um, but yeah, like everywhere you turn, it's like my problem is Goliath and I am David, you know. 
conquer mm-hmm. that giant. Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, where Maxwell takes this is that we just have to have a positive attitude. David had a positive attitude going against Goliath. And uh, it's moralizing or allegorizing the text where, you know, Goliath is your problems. Yep. So you just have to have a positive attitude. And and people, we are not David. Yep. We're not David. <laughs> We're the people that are scared off to the side. David is David. Goliath is Goliath. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans ten seven, Faith comes by hearing. Another one from the winning attitude. And that's all that's all he gives of that verse, by the way. Oh. Romans 10. Well, this says Romans 10, 7. It's actually Romans 10, 17. But it says faith comes by hearing. He just has four words there. And then dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Got an ellipse there at the all end. All right. So go look up that verse. <laughs> faith See, comes by hearing wrong. and hearing through the word of Christ. Mm-hmm. And what's the word of Christ? The, the Bible. Bible. But again, Maxwell takes this to mean you just have to speak positively. Don't use negative words. Negative words bring people down. Negative words don't get things done. You need to speak positive words because mm. faith comes by hearing positive words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, that's that's John C. Maxwell's teaching. Yeah. Th- he, mm. he just makes the Bible basically a series of independent proverbs that I can take out of context. Uh, platitudes was the word I used earlier. I can make it mean whatever I want it to mean, yeah. and and his theme is almost always leadership. He's like the leadership guru. Well, of course, he's trying to get an angle, but there's so much, there's so many more verses that actually would apply to being a good leader. Yes, right. In fact, let me give you some good passages on leadership. <laughs> right. This is from there are so many. This is uh, well. Let me read to you first from Second Timothy chapter one. I'm going to read verses eight. Through 14. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So let me stop there for a moment. When we don't talk about the finer points of the gospel, which John Maxwell doesn't do, mm-hmm. we're likewise demonstrating a shame of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about like whenever we say Romans 1 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. We often think of that as, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to say I'm ashamed of the gospel. Right. So as long as I say that I I love the gospel, then then I'm not ashamed of it. Right. But if you don't share it, that's also that's also being ashamed of the gospel. If you're worried about the repercussions that could happen because you shared the gospel, that's being ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. And right now you have James Coates and Grace Life Church as a model of a church that is not ashamed of the gospel. Right. And we need to remember, just as Paul says to Timothy here, we remember our brothers and sisters in the Lord who are in chains or are persecuted for the gospel. Mm -hmm. Because as one member of the church is persecuted, we're all persecuted. Yeah. This was Jesus uh, speaking to... Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter nine and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> if just a few Christians are being persecuted 
then persecution is coming against the church. So we need to be lifting one another up in prayer. We need to be paying attention to these things. And when we don't share the gospel, when we shrink back from it, when we try to retreat from oppression that might come against us because we're worshipers of Jesus Christ, then we make the rest of the church vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Those that do have the courage to step out and declare the gospel are now fewer in number. Yeah. And are more vulnerable to that persecution that's coming against the church yep. when we're and not all attacked. standing together. Yeah. That's right. We need to be the army of God. Yeah. In that spiritual sense that Paul uh, talks about it in Ephesians chapter six. So going on here, that's just one verse. Not getting very far. <laughs> but verse nine, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me, which is also one of my favorite hymns. Yes. That, that uses that verse. Verse mm -hmm. 13, follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. There's a devotional thought on leadership for you right there. There you go. Okay. Now, let me draw from 2 Timothy four points that John MacArthur singles out okay. as four points of leadership from 2 Timothy. Okay. Go for it. Number one, good leaders will take a stand for the gospel of Christ Jesus. Amen. Number two, good leaders will focus on the fact that they are suffering for Christ and his people. Amen. Number three, good leaders hold fast to sound doctrine. Mm, there's no other way. And number four, good <laughs> leaders will duplicate themselves. Ah. So consider that. Making more leaders. That's right. Making yes. more, more disciples, more leaders. Yes. Consider that Bring instruction that's in verse 13. Follow the pattern of sound words that you've heard from me. Why would Timothy do that? Mm -hmm. So then he can share it with others. Yeah. And they can follow after this pattern of the sound words of the gospel of our Lord Christ. Amen. Sorry, I was a little enthusiastic there. I think I spoke over you a little no, bit. No, you're good. <laughs> Carry on. You were just whispering your amens. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I'm cheerleader. <laughs> now, Stephen, the other part of your question was, what are, what are some other better devotionals mm. That are more doctrinally focused, more yeah. doctrinally sound. So here's a few examples uh, for you. Well, I just read from John MacArthur. So uh, check out the book Drawing Near by John MacArthur. Mm -hmm. I actually read that one. I think that publication is like 30 years old now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I read that one a long time ago. But that's uh, that's a good devotional book. Drawing Near. Uh, it another just one proves the word doesn't get old. That's right. That's right. It's applicable. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. <laughs> uh, R.C. Sproul wrote one called Making, uh, Making a Difference. Mm. Derek Thomas, A Voyage of Discovery. These are readings from the Psalms. And if you like those reading from the Psalms kind of devotionals, I have a better John Calvin book. <laughs> Not from John Calvin Maxwell, but John Calvin himself. 
It's called Heart Aflame, Daily Readings from John Calvin on the Psalms. Hmm. So consider that one. If you And if you like the classics, if you want to go classic, there's The Valley of Vision by Arthur Bennett, Prayers from Puritans, uh, and Isaac Watts, John Bunyan, Charles Spurgeon. Right. Lots of good writing in there from some very classic men who have defended the faith in uh, in times of persecution as well. Hmm. There's some good leadership for yeah. you. Yeah. So I hope that helps, Stephen. And and maybe uh, grab one of those other books. You can always take a look online and read some excerpts from it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Take it to whoever it is that's leading those devotionals at your work. And Who's just, in charge of it? Yeah, whoever's in charge of it. Mm-hmm. Just kindly approach him. Don't do it in front of everybody else. Right. Just do a little one-on-one approach and and give him some examples of some other devotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just say, and well, you, you or can, maybe start out with reading of one of those verses fully <laughs> from the Bible. That's a great idea, babe. And yeah, then, and then that proves your concern for yeah. him twisting the scripture a little bit, and then you can like, you know, go into. The you know like um, a smooth transition into here's, here's another some idea some ideas that's that right are, that don't take scripture and we can learn <laughs> what the Bible actually says exactly about leadership that's a good way to do it I think so look at that verse it, you know when you hear the verse done in the devotional look at it yeah. in context and go I and just don't think that's what that means because yeah. more often than not whatever John C uh. Maxwell is saying that's not what that verse means yeah so then take it to whoever's leading the devotional and say it, you see how this doesn't work? Yeah. And he And then you explain your stance on on why he should change the devotional. Right. I, mean, I think it gives you feet to stand on. And and it's still gentle enough because you're concerned, you know? So Yeah, yeah. You're coming out of concern for everybody there. Right. Right. We want to be lifted up. We want to be encouraged and emboldened. By the word of God, and only the word of God can do that. Mm-hmm. Not somebody taking from the word of God, twisting it into something they want it to say, yeah. and then giving their own thoughts. You might as well be um, doing one of those fortune teller paper yeah. things. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> fortune cookie. Is that what you were thinking of? Yeah. 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 Well, I was thinking the, the, like the, Cootie catchers, the, the fortune tellers. <laughs> Cootie catchers. That's what we call what? them. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, it's Cootie back catchers. from middle school. Oh, yeah, oh, well, that reminded me of kindergarten. Cootie catchers. <laughs> scribble, <laughs> scribble, dot, just, dot. Now you got no, your no, cootie no, no, shot. No, no. <laughs> the ones you fold up and you put your fingers in them and then you're like, oh, one, two, three, four. And then yes. you take a letter and, you know. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or there might be colors on yes, some of them. Yes, colors. Yep. And you spell out the color and then you open it up. And anyway, same thing. Yeah, same or thing a magic a eight ball. Yes. Yeah. Well, magic eight balls, yes or no. No, it's it's got more options than that. Maybe. I used to love those things when I was ask a kid. Ask me again later. When I was when I was a pagan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ask me again later. That's the one I always got. <laughs> I think it was weighted. <laughs> All right, this next question is from Stephen. Hang on a second. Stephen oh, yeah. Stephen and Stephen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question from Stephen and another question from Stephen. Uh, it was like a, a different Stephen. I think it was last week or two weeks ago when you weren't on the program and I had so many Neils. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a friend of ours, Neil, on Twitter that was going, I'm trying to count all the times I've heard the name Neil <laughs> in this episode of the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, this next Stephen. Greetings. Is there a biblical argument for only ministers slash pastors to baptize, or is this just a church tradition? 
That's a good question. Yeah, it's more of a tradition thing. Yeah, that's there's, what I was going to say. Yeah, there's there's nothing in Scripture that says that it has to be done by a pastor. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a good idea uh, because of the witness. Right. And also that the people know that this person's confession of faith has been tested and affirmed by elders of a church mm-hmm. or the pastor of a church. Right. So it's not just somebody saying, hey, I want to get baptized. And then, you know, any Joe just take right. splashes them underwater. And then and, it connects them to that church. Yes. And then they are they have that accountability. Right. Um, and and the people of the church have that accountability to that person, too, to make sure that their walk stays firm. You right. Know, stays on the narrow path. Which is why in the Baptist church. Uh, a baptism is a confession of membership as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a commitment to that church, becoming a member of that church. And then when you've been baptized and uh, and the body has witnessed that mm-hmm. and now you're accountable to that body, there is the uh, uh, the welcoming into uh, participating at the Lord's table as well. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. now you're taking of uh, the other ordinance. Yeah. So we have the two ordinances, baptism, and the other one being the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And that's the order that they go in. You get baptized, and then you become a participant at the Lord's table as well. Right. It, that's, that's just one of the reasons why it's good to come from a pastor or an elder. It doesn't have to. It's not like you have an illegitimate baptism now because right. a pastor didn't do it. Of course not. Right. But you want to take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Your confession it's in a baptism. It's serious confession. Exactly. It's a serious thing. Yeah. And so being done by a pastor in front of a church is further declaration that mm-hmm. I'm making a, a commitment right. to follow Jesus. That I'm being buried with him in my sins and risen again to new life. That's the confession that we make when we are baptized. So consider the words that we've read. We just finished up our study in the book of Romans. But consider what we read back in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus... We're baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so baptism is that confession that I have died to my sins and I am now alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, The being dunked under the water. Of course, I'm a Baptist. So being submerged under <laughs> yeah. the water is that indication I've been buried with Christ in my sins. Coming yeah. up out of the water is I've I've been cleansed. Yeah. I'm washed. I'm risen again to new life. And mm-hmm. the life that I now live, as Paul says in Galatians, I live not unto the flesh, but I live unto God. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ who died for me and rose again. Right. And we make that confession through our baptism. So uh, that's why you want to do that in front of a church and why... Uh, there's some kind of an authenticity that's in that confession when it comes from a pastor. Yeah, it's encouraged. It's encouraged to do that. Yeah, right. but it, not required. That's a good idea because yeah. you have somebody who's committed to the preaching and teaching, giving confirmation that this person's confession is real. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, in front of witnesses by their proclamation, we are saying this person is one of us. Yes. They have a legitimate confession of faith in Jesus Christ, a heart transformation that the Holy Spirit has done in this person's life. And now they're 
uh, confession of faith being done by baptism Mm -hmm. so that we can all say together, this is a brother or a sister in the Lord. Amen. So, yeah, that's again, it's it's more tradition than anything. There's nothing in the Bible that says it has to be done by an elder or a pastor. It's just a good idea. Yeah. All right. I concur. As we have been doing uh, only halvesies right now on the <laughs> on the Friday podcast, that brings us to the end okay. of another episode until we can get a studio at home and maybe spend a little bit more time answering some questions. Yeah. <laughs> and folks, if you uh, if you want to help us out, because we actually, so we moved into our new house last week. Yes. But we need to construct a studio. We do. And unlike the last house that we lived in, there's Kinda not a came place. With one. <laughs> yeah. Just by the blessing of God, yes. it came with a place for us to be able to do that. It was really good. But this one doesn't have that. So no. there's we have to construct it on the outside of the house, mm-hmm. on the back end of the house. And so if you want to contribute to that, <laughs> if you want to help us with that construction effort, we would appreciate it. You're more than welcome to. <laughs> we won't turn you down. <laughs> you can PayPal a donation to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Hmm. So the same email address you send your questions to is connected to our PayPal account, and you can send a donation that way. Yeah. We would appreciate it. We know there's lots going on. You've oh, got yeah. plenty of other things you could give money toward, and we would encourage you to support your church before anything else. Definitely. But if you got something left over that you can send to us, it, we would be grateful. That would help us with that construction project of getting a studio done on the back of the house. A little bit quicker. <laughs> a little bit faster. <laughs> a little bit more affordable. Yes. <laughs> well, let's conclude with prayer. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and thank you for uh, giving us the time to be able to do this together. Mm-hmm. Answering some questions, reading your word, being encouraged by the instruction that you've given to us and the hope of the promise that we have in Christ Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the grave, so that whoever believes in him, we are forgiven our sins, and we have everlasting life with God forever in glory. Fellowship with God even now, and and living in the hope of the promise of your eternal kingdom that has been given to us through Christ Jesus. We pray for our friends in Canada, those who are being persecuted by the government because of these uh, ridiculous orders handed down as a result of all the COVID panic that has been going on. We thank you for the witness of James Coates and his wife. Pray that you keep him steadfast and strengthened uh, even while he's in jail. The family also, while they have to see their husband and father in jail. And we pray for that church, that they would continue in steadfastness in uh, in courage to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. May it be a witness to all of us. Let there be none of us that shrink back from what we've been called to do, and that is proclaim the gospel of Christ, to not be ashamed, to encourage and love and build up one another in this faith, not to tear each other down, as there are certainly professing Christians doing to James Coates, tearing him down because they think he should have just obeyed these orders. That's coming against many other pastors as well in the near future and churches and Christians, especially if the Equality Act passes. So I pray that in these days we have good courage. We are devoted to the word of God because it is only here that we know of the promises that are granted to us in Christ Jesus. If we have those heavenly promises and we know that Christ reigns and is king, we have nothing to fear of anything that would be done to us here on this earth. Deliver us into your kingdom. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.